where's it coming from? From the top of his head. Where's it coming from? Right on the top of his head. Where's it coming from? Happy birthday to me again. Adam, you ruined it. I wanted to be the one to wish you happy birthday. <laughs> You're 41 and still a lot of fun. Ooh. Let, yeah, baby. <laughs> tell all the ladies. <laughs> Just one lady. The one that I sleep <laughs> in my right. bed with. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's been a year since we recorded our second episode. Last year at this time, it was 2, 3 in the morning at your house, which it is right now. <laughs> for you that's right and it was my 40th birthday there in germany and we were sharing some random bottle of liquor until three o'clock in the morning recording an episode about travel not uh, not knowing that travel would be one of the most difficult things to do a year later so it's pretty crazy yeah i'm glad that for your 40th birthday you got a passport and you used it before we don't know what's gonna happen think about when travel happened after 9-11 and how that totally changed how airports were. And, you know, yeah, I, I, we haven't seen anything yet. You know, like everyone's still dealing with it. We haven't seen any af- aftermath, you know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad to be uh, working, getting this next podcast out. The last, last episode, which was Topic Roulette, was mid-April, I think. So it feels like, that feels like a year ago itself, how much has happened with coronavirus or the george floyd stuff or the black lives matter it's just like every week it seems like the previous week has either been uh, one-upped by the craziness and the the terribleness or it's just insane i think everybody wants to just restart 2020 in fact we went up to we went up to seattle for the fourth of july a couple weeks ago to visit ben and jen safely of course with masks and and everything was safe don't worry everybody but um, we we uh, we decided that we were just going to redo Thanksgiving, so we we dubbed it Corona. Thanks, what do we call it? Thanks, Rona. That's what it was. So we always get together on Thanksgiving, which we did last year. But I was like, you know what? Let's just redo Thanksgiving and pretend we're just starting all over again. So we did. It was it was pretty cool to. It's always fun to buck the system and and uh, do something non traditional. Made it even more fun. Lighting off fireworks eating gravy and pumpkin pie and it, it was a it was a hilarious scene <laughs> ben's yams with marshmallow oh yeah we totally had those yeah it was fun it was a good time we um there i, I wish we someone would i'm sure ben took pictures but there was a scene outside at about nine o'clock on fourth of july where we were all eating pie and maybe some leftovers from Thanksgiving and, and the Ben was lighting off fireworks and I was playing ACDC like a true American <laughs> and I was like, praying that Ben wasn't going to blow his fingers off, <laughs> but <clears throat> it was a good time. <laughs> that sounds like a presidential <laughs> ca- campaign. That yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So you and I have been talking about, you know, what we want to do on this next podcast for this episode. And we had a couple different ideas. And one of the things I think we've been reflecting on is how much fun that last episode was with Roberta, where we just ran through 10 or so topics and rapid fire and just had fun like the old days in Confusion, where people used to write on signs. And I think it made both of us realize that that's how you and I write the best is just going on something, just starting, 
and then reflecting a couple weeks later and, and turning that into something something else completely. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And just having Roberta be present there, so it was almost like a performance. I mean, even just one extra person through a Skype call, but it was so cool. You know, you guys set up your living room and you had a glass of wine and I set up lights in my office and it was really exciting. And it was almost like those feelings of a show. So I think that did something too to just let it all loose and then find some things. And the, the most interesting part was like with that Boogeyman song, you know, how it totally moved Roberta like to tears, not like, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, and she, then she just really opened up and the, then the conversation went somewhere really profound and with all of us. And there's no way that we could, you know, from a topic Boogeyman, that that was planned that way. And I think that's what we need to tap into every time. Yeah. That's know. the beauty of the freestyle is you could be super goofy one minute and then get into something real heady and it just keeps going. It's so much fun. So yeah, let's, um, I would like to play what I've done with boogeyman because we left it back in mid April as, um, kind of, it was just a freestyle over a beat that I wrote. And then I kind of took that and, and made it into something, a little bit different. I put my producer hat on a little bit and added some things and you added a couple vocals and I added some vocals and, um, it was beautiful to hear like that was right during my move. So we, you know, we're moving into this house and we got out of our old apartment and there was just, just way too much to do. And then you just said, okay, I'm, you know, that freestyle was good. Let me just start chop shopping your vocals. And then, you, you know, like we can start setting up a structure for the song. And I remember I was, I brought the djembe out and I recorded in our old apartment when all of the furniture was gone because it had like this really amazing reverb in the bathroom. And so, yeah, I cannot, I don't even remember some of the lyrics, you know, what, what they were exactly, but yeah, that was, that was fun. And to hear that stuff and to know that straight up out of the freestyle ended up like spoke to you to be the song and to be lyrics in the songs, that's beautiful. It proves the point. Yeah, and that's happened the last few times. That happened on the Substance and Sacrifice song too, where the, I used the and the Community song. I used some of the freestyle. So yeah, that's that's proof proofs in the pudding that um, that works for our writing process. So let's let's keep doing it. So yeah, let's um let's have a little uh, birthday listening party. Let's check out where where I ended up leaving Boogeyman. Let's listen to it real quick. Hello, little Michael. Lay your head down on the pillow and fall fast asleep. And now we're going to scan down from the top to the bottom. In your mind, in your shoulders, in the chest. me so nervous it's like detergent in a bottle of water one drop can make the whole sergeant slaughter telling you no one is half the battle but this gi joe type of flow want to make it microphone show but i'm showing improving daily and consuming everything around me the boogeyman is there see create o onward to and navigate and f follow through it's like identify the direction inside concentrate to meditate i wish i stayed deaf and dumb count your privilege one two three one two three one two 
It's the price of success. Take time to think and reflect. Privilege of the gods. forgot about a lot of that stuff didn't you yeah well at first when it was like with the scratching i was like oh my god there's some kind of interference (laughs) with my phone no but it's it's cool those lyrics like just listening to them then it takes you right back to saying them and it's like so insane like i remember in april when got that apple like news right before we were doing the podcast where President Trump went on some kind of rampage about that, you know, kings and dictators never had to wear a mask and it doesn't suit him. And now it's patriotic to wear a mask. And yeah, you can't really hold anything true. So it's funny. I would have never said something like that now because it's past. So that's what's beautiful about a little time capsule of that time period to watch and listen. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing how how things change by the week right now or by the day with the news and everything. And you're right the the podcast or the freestyle I should say lends itself to being a little a little time capsule of that moment in time now more than ever for sure. And even some of those additional vocals that I added um, since the podcast were super fun to listen back to. Like I I forgot that I used the the part in in the confusion song confidence which i was super excited to do because it just fit you know spelling out the the c create oh onward to that that was fun to do um what did you think when you heard that did that bring you back yeah no it's cool i think what's what's great about it is when you're writing a song or even when you're in the zone freestyling about it it's it's beautiful to just have somebody that you trust to just take it out of context and then do something that brings it back to painting like a clear picture for somebody. And so mm. even how you, yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. Also too, like, you know, the, the way that a lot of the songs that we're writing here, well, definitely the last few, there's so many layers like years of layers. So like that song originated from something I did with Brian Kraft in 2007 or 2008 originally, right? And then it and then you add on top of that of a freestyle in the moment in this year and then 2 months later we add these other layers and then I bring back a vocal part from a confusion song from 2003. I mean it's just like it's so fun to like dissect stuff like that. It's like, "Oh man, there's so many different like layers and parts and you know, that's so much fun too to think about. Yeah, the, I, I mean, there's some lyrics and stuff that didn't match in there. I know there was this part where I was like, I, when I'm listening to the song, what comes to my mind is like, I think George Floyd, you know, died on the 25th of May or something, and and I think that 
the Run the Jewels album came out on July 3rd, and there's that, there's the track, you know, where Killer Mike's like vocals and stuff on Walking in the Snow. You, you can tell, I mean, those that they speak directly to what happened. And for me, that's just like that, all those feelings of that time. It's like, I remember when the Rodney King thing happened in 92 or 93 and like the song Under the Bridge, I was watching MTV and then that happened. And then that was just like on the news. And it was so weird for me as a little white kid in the suburbs of, you know, McGuanago, Muskego, to, to think about what, you know, what people have to deal with that are not having this white privilege. And so, I mean, some of those topics I wanted to bring into this song, and I remember there was like that part where it was like, swing low, swing high, or, you know, like from Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's It's cool. It's just, it's amazing how... I love it. I like the song a lot, and I definitely want to 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 put out these songs together somehow. Yeah, no, I definitely want to as well. I think we will. We'll definitely, we've we've talked about it a little bit, but um, I'm excited to do, do that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's case in point. How it's so serendipitous the way songs happen because there's no way that, like you were just saying, that Run the Jewels album came out a couple days later after that happened. Obviously, they didn't write it about exactly what happened. They've been writing they've been writing things in similar tones for years, and it just happened to to work out that way when they released it, and and it and it spoke volumes. But same as what you were just talking about in the Rodney King thing with Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge is about Anthony Kiedis having a heroin problem, <laughs> and had nothing to do with Rodney King. But because it was so ingrained in your brain from that time period, it it has everything to do with it. You know, I think about. The, those riots is when I, I remember listening to check your head for the first time or seeing the pass the mic video around that time as well. Cause I think that was the same time period, like 91 or 92, 92. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, a, you know, music has that amazing power to just like not even rubber stamp metal stamp something into your brain for life, you know, and you remember it forever. So I love it. Yeah, no, actually, that's a correction. I think I, I was being kind of naive. Like, yeah, unfortunately, that's the truth that people screaming out like I can't breathe, you know, is like a continuing theme, which is so sad. So like, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just like, it's it's like if we were watching the video together and those lyrics just hit you and they paraphrase this time where people are fed up with it and doing something about it. Right, right. It's crazy. Um that was fun. Yeah, it was super fun to to add some more beats on there and stuff and like production-wise that was a really fun song to attack. That I love the way that that song crescendos at the end where you where I bring back your original freestyle, you know, and the and the CDC says you should wear them. It's just like the way that the beats hitting, it feels like a it's like an electronic version of Rage Against the Machine. Like there's no like distortion or anything, but the motion's right there and it just like punches in the way that the syncopation with the drums and stuff, that's what I was trying to do with it. And then it just like kind of crescendos up and then just releases into nothing, you know. Hopefully that came across what yeah. I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 super fat. I love it. <clears throat> so in the in the tradition of 
I think we should cleanse the palate a little bit and and get some juices flowing. You, you feel like freestyling and just picking a random topic? That's something we talked about last yep. from from the last podcast that came out of it. I think we should continue to do that. Like just like in the moment, let's just get you going and and have some fun, and then let's get into what I guess will be the topic of this podcast. But let's do this first. All right. Okay. Here, I'm going to play this beat. And then I want you to pick you me. a topic first and tell me what it is. Okay. Obviously, let's let everybody know. So randomly, you're going to pick it from a book, right? Yeah, actually, I don't. There's all these these books and stuff that were not moving into our house, but I actually just came to me now. Like, I just want to rap about the essence of being home. Home. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Ready? Okay. Here we go. There's a place, and I don't know what to call it Because it's the thing that I'm obsessed about it New places in time, I don't know where to go I wish my mother could see it to where we call home And wish my father could travel to where he calls home And now you only see it through us like through a Zoom conference But it's not the height, that's the difference We got two members of the family Rabbits, email and Pancake And when they're eating the grass Sometimes I just want to collapse But look out my window at home with a town that I chose to live in Called Plowing It's not where you grew up Or where you're gonna go It's the place that you feel most comfortable It's called home When am I gonna take myself Go back home Home, home, home. I wanna breathe Place things that I can call free I'm forced to stay here for so long Inside, rip out the walls And terror you can't hide So where you calling home Where your heart is Burn it into your soul Place that you want to go We go when home oh, home, 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 home This is for my mom Peace out, Irene's See it in your dreams Nice <laughs> That was awesome Those singing was on point That felt good That felt really good Yeah Oh, that's that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like sweating profusely <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new there are you, are you knees, in my knees? Are you knees, in my knees? Yeah, there is some perspiration there. <laughs> there should be like a, a yeah, like a sh- one of those. Uh, what was that thing? pH balance for women. Sh- what was it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see somebody like a lead singer <laughs> putting it on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we could do a so, <laughs> a scientific chart based on how good the Kung Fusion show correlated to how much sweat was behind your knees and your pants. Yeah. <laughs> that was always so strange to see like all these pictures and it was like, what happened to his legs? <laughs> They're just like dripping wet. With it was sweat like, right it was knees. like you would like take, like take a knee, like, or like you were, you were praying in the middle of, of the show, but you're dipping your knees, like pr- Catholic praying on your knees into a bucket of water or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I gotta take a break here. Oh man, <laughs> kneel in this water. <laughs> Holy water! Yeah. I'm gonna bless you with the sweat. Exactly. Okay, no, that um, yeah, Whew, that feels good. Well, based on what we were just talking about, you kind of alluded to just everything that's happened with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, and and so much. It's it makes me really proud to see everybody coming together on that. It makes me sad to see some of the, the counter of that with, you know, the violence that's occurring, but you know, it's time for change. Absolutely. But that this whole thing has kind of made you and I think about 
I think a specific story that we wanted to kind of shine a light on. And it's kind of a crazy story. It's almost like what makes when I tell this story to people, I feel like I'm recounting um, like a scene in the movie Goonies or something, or like, yeah. like a, like stranger things. Slick or shoes, you know? slick shoes. <laughs> What's that? Slick shoes. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. <laughs> slick shoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, coming for you, Mikey. So, yeah. <laughs> when we were in our early, early twenties, the earlier I say we were, the the more justified I'll, I'll feel or, or comfortable feel I'll tell the story because we were idiots. But we were. It was definitely time to make some mistakes. I guess you could say we did some stupid shit when we were in our late teens, early twenties. But you know, we didn't have any real responsibility and. um Let's tell the story about the time that we broke into the Pabst Brewery, yeah. the rundown Pabst Brewery in Milwaukee. What do you say? Yes. Yeah. That. So. Okay. The, yeah. I mean, I. I think it was January. What was it? yeah January the end of January two thousand three, right? Yeah, it might have been two. Maybe it was three. Somewhere in there. Who knows? But it was yeah, I just, somewhere in there. I know that I know that I locked my keys in my car when I was going to drop off my application for graduate school at the Milwaukee School of or UWM. Mm-hmm. Um, and you helped me like you helped me a lot finishing the my portfolio and stuff and just oh, in making Photoshop? it. Yeah. Yeah, where we were at MSOE doing all that, and I th- I remember we were spending like tons of all nighters and weren't thinking clearly. And my roommate, yeah, at that house, like when I came back and I was so exhausted, he's like, "Hey, man, um, we're gonna go check out the Paps Brewery and go explore in there." And you know, there's they have like the tourist place, or they have the old can- canteen, and we can, you know, you can get there's like hand car furniture there and there's all kinds of things and patches and stickers and all kinds of like merchandise and stuff. So let's go check it out. And we're just like, yeah, <laughs> Adam has our Chevy van, our tour bus. Let's, let's go down there. And then that's where it started. Yeah. It's funny because when I think about that time period too, it feels very similar to right now in the sense that, um, it was kind of a weird limbo in the country. Like things were not as weird right now, but they were weird in a different like way because it wasn't that far removed from like nine 11, right? September 11th. So, it, and we had already, I think like that, was it that year? No, I guess we had already been at war in Iraq or whatever, but it, there was just a weird vibe among younger people. I think where it was just like really confusing time. And I don't know if that's like, made us do weird shit or is that or that was just because we were younger but who knows that's but i do remember that time period being like we felt invincible and it just was a weird time in general but i remember going over to your house because so like i think you were you had talked to matthew about that and already and i i had come over later to the house because i remember showing up to your to your loft over in or in um, Walker's Point, and your two room—I think Jesse was there too. Your two roommates were there, and I walked in, and you had—you guys had already been like talking or whatever. I was just—I don't think we had band practice, but I just came over, 
And when I walked in, I remember you telling me like, hey, Adam, we're going to go to the Pabst Brewery. And the way I remember it is that I didn't really understand what you were talking about, which is not wasn't that uncommon <laughs> for that time either. And I kinda, uncommon that you just came with and followed suit. Yeah, I didn't really even question it until I think it wasn't until the drive over there that I finally realized what was happening. Because I think somebody said like, oh, so-and-so's some cousin or brother works there so i just thought like oh someone has the keys to like go check this out you know just and so it wasn't until the drive over there that where everyone was super quiet in the van and then i kind of like looked at i remember looking at you and being like are we do what are we doing are we really doing this and you kind of just looked at me like yeah i guess we're really doing this like it was a it was a weird (laughs) you can't turn back now moment i guess is the best way to put it would you agree yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that I'm still as naive and kind of uh, dumb today. It's just that I have more positive distractions in my life that keep me on focus. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're not giving yourself as it, much credit, but yeah, uh, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, we did, th- we did things like that, but, but I mean, in all honesty, it was like this urban spelunking, you know, it's like, that's the whole point about the story that I think I want to make is it's something that's natural. Like you're exploring, you have the Goonies feeling, you want to, to do this, you want to go explore and we're not going there to like, just, mess things up and no. smash a Starbucks or, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, the intention was not to, to damage anything or even to take anything. It was just to go look at this place. Cause we had heard like this urban myth and this was before like the paps, this, this isn't even there anymore in Milwaukee. It's been shut. It's been like tore down and turned into condos, I think is what's there now. But this was before the uprising of paps, beer being cool again too if you remember correctly yeah. well they they right? they eventually sold this to like there's it's it's it has espn they made like studios there or they made kind of like a another yeah. kind of well they had talked about putting the house of blues there for years but it never happened i remember that but it never actually yeah we happened. were going to location scout to see if this was a good investment <laughs> for yeah. the house of blues <laughs> sure sure know. sure <laughs> Yeah, but do do you remember that, though? Like, among Milwaukeeans, or us, like, it was a... At that time, I feel like it was cool. Like, it was a cool, cheap... Like, because Pabst beer was cheap, and, like, all the hipsters drank it in our area. That shit exploded, like, beyond Wisconsin, though. It's still to this day. You can go to, like, any hipster dive bar in LA or San Francisco or New York and get, like, dollar dollar PBRs or whatever. Like, that's the cool thing to do. You know what I mean? But this was a little bit before that. So we were ahead of the time, just making sure everyone was going to be okay with this. Yeah, rep that we had like that side project, you know. I mean, Polish Falcons, and that was our <laughs> logo, the leaf, uh, yeah, yeah, from the Paps. And if you're from, you know, like I was always, even growing up, like when I moved from California to Wisconsin, like there's, I have this like local pride thing, like where like I'm proud, I was proud of like ska punk in california or like being a surfer and stuff and like milwaukee milwaukeeans have the same thing with like the tradition and the history around blatt's beer blatt's beer and even miller to an extent and like there's a pride in that because it's a it's a working town it's you know it's so yeah the, the it was just a mythical place so to get back to the story 
um, without dodging around trying to justify ourselves here. Let's just get into it. <laughs> so I remember driving over there, though, and yeah, just like not understanding. So I, I remember standing outside the front, and I remember this, and and the, this will be fun. This will be fun to hear my how I remember the front of the building and see if you remember it the same way. But I just remember standing out front, and um, and Matthew had to go inside. Like he knew how to get in to let us in or something. It was like this big, like wooden door. I feel like. Do you remember it that way? Yeah, I thought it was more like a like a metal gate thing. You might be right that you could that you could put you could still get through, but it was like very very mm-hmm. tall and, mm-hmm. and narrow. But one yeah. person climbed up, and then psh, thing opened up. Opened up. Yeah, exactly. And I remember just walking around in there we all had flashlights and i remember like four or five times saying to you mike keep your flashlight pointed at the ground <laughs> because like we and math and other people said it too because obviously if you shine the flashlight up like people will see it in the windows but it was this like old it felt like it was underground. It like a haunted house yeah know. yeah yeah it felt like it was underground like i remember walking into offices it reminded me of something in Mad Men, the 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 type the the show Mad Men, like the types of desks were these old oak wood desks, and it was as if like Pompeii, like the like the volcano happened one day. They just shut down the Pabst Pabst Brewery, and everyone walked out and left everything as it ha- as it was, because there was just like papers on the desk in a weird arranged manner, and like the way the the light in the room was old like there was it just was so creepy like it was like walking into a time warp i'm sure there was ghosts everywhere in that place (laughs) but how did you feel do you remember that walking through what else i remember there was like these other small like uh what like a nurse station or where there were beds that and it just it felt like organically there was no plan there was just no like a corridor and then offices it just went from one room to the next and i remember like seeing like wow that looks weird there's all this tile where you could see like where someone would lay on like a a desk where someone would you know take a physical or something and that you just had you you totally were disoriented you didn't know where you were going yeah well then, that that i remember because it was almost like a nurse's room like a like an like a nurse office within the pet which is possible because i it looked more like a dentist chair or something but it was just like that was at the time that time period was on like blair witch the ring paranormal activity all those movies were coming out so i was just waiting for some like super fast motion crawling baby on the ceiling or something. It freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> I was so scared. I remember. And like, I'm not saying I'm scared cause I'm trying to be macho and a dude, you know? And it was like, it was the three of us. And then one of the guy's girlfriends. So it was like, yeah, let's just call her Jay. Jay. Yeah. So she, so yeah, she was the only girl with us and the rest of us are trying to just have it be calm and collected and stuff. And I remember going into, another basement room that I think or a lower level room that was like a bar. And I think there was a stage down there. And I remember saying to you and this, or you saying to me, and this sounds like something you would say, you were like, man, we should totally come in here and track something like set up our stuff and like record or like do it. You know, I don't think you said do a show, but like, 
Doesn't that sound like something you would say? <laughs> yeah, t- totally. It's all about the spirit of the space, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, it was like this, these underground catacombs. We were just going from room to room. I remember walking into another room and seeing piles of like old ads, old Pabst ads or stickers or like stuff from the, definitely from the seventies, maybe the eighties, but all old stuff just everywhere. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it. It It's just such a weird, weird experience. And that's Um, when we came along to the, the gold mine where we've entered like the, when you would come to a brewery tour there was, you know, like the tourist gift shop where you could have merchandise and there was letterhead and stickers we'll and call it, patches. We'll, we'll, we'll call it Chester Copperpot's treasure. How about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, nice. that's what it felt like. <laughs> Mike Mike took a hit off his inhaler. <gasps> it's Chester Copperpot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, you're right. There was just things everywhere there was those jackets those like like uh velvet jackets with the paps logo that looked like they were from like the civil war era do you remember that yeah yeah totally with all oh, those man. kind of ornate things on the shoulders yeah but yeah so then there was a part where i didn't listen and someone saw the light yeah, you let yeah. you held up the light, and we we saw or heard something outside the window, right outside on the street. Yeah, and there was a security guard, and then we all freaked out, of course. And so the way I remember the setup of of the way it was, there was like there was a street on either side of the building that ran north and south, I think, and. So like we were trying to decide which way we were going to go get basically we were like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. We had parked way away. Right. So we started, I think just randomly running trying to figure out where the security guard was. And eventually we came out on the opposite side of the street. And, um, do you remember anything about that? Like the shuffle from going from like inside to outside or anything else about the, the inside of the paths? Yeah, I mean, at first, it didn't. It felt like okay. So what? Someone saw us in here. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? We're just exploring something that that you know has been here forever. But then, I think yeah, it got it got scary because then I started seeing how freaked out everybody else was. Yeah, I think I probably panicked first. I would imagine. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, you probably were just like, it's fine. It's fine. Well, you know, cause it was at that point, it was just a security guard. So we weren't full on freaking out, but eventually I think one of us heard a siren or something. We're like, Oh fuck. Okay. So we eventually got outside and Matthew and his, you know, we're all standing there like, okay, what do we do? Do we just like run to the van? What are we going to do? And I'll never forget this. Matthew looked at me and looked at his girlfriend and he was like i think he felt bad that i got involved in it because i didn't like i said i was kind of the most naive i kind of just came into the situation and just went along with everybody i would like to ask him that i don't even know but he might have just been seeing an opportunity but he wanted me so us to all split up so it was like okay well if we need to get out of here fast you 
you guys go this way and you guys go this way. And he wanted me to take his girlfriend with me. He's like, look, if you're holding her hand walking down the street and someone passes you, they're way least likely to stop you versus the rest of us. So take her and just go. So that's what I, that's what I did. So, I mean, I, we just started walking as calm as possible. I was holding her hand. And then as we started walking, um, what would have been south, I guess, like we saw like three cop cars coming up the street and they sirens blaring, just like speeding. We just kept walking, kept our head down. They didn't stop and they went up the hill. And then at that point, we didn't know where you guys were. We were just obviously we're like, well, we hope I think the plan maybe was for you guys to loop back around and see if you can meet us back up. But talk about where you were at at that point when we split up. I don't I don't really know what 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 happened on your side yeah well yeah we just started walking and unfortunately you know jesse had one of those weird coats like a lab coat that he was wearing and yeah we had these stickers and stuff that we took with us and yeah all of a sudden you know the police were like stopping us and it's just kind of like yeah, I you don't, guys I, were on foot, right? You were just walking in the opposite yeah, direction, like north. Exactly, exactly. We were just trying to walk, and we were like just walking very nonchalant, not like running or something like that. And then, yeah, they so they totally spotted us, and they could see one of the persons wearing a paps coat. And <laughs> <laughs> Bad decision on his part. It wasn't yeah. you, at least. But that I mean, was a terrible it, decision. It, it was going to happen, and yeah. So then. Yeah, so I remember, okay, so that's where I saw you guys next. So we got in the car or got in the van, and I kind of looked at her, and I was like, okay, what do we do? Do we go back that way to see where they're at? Because we didn't know that the cops had gotten you guys. So we started driving back up the street, and all, and then we saw the the lights going in, in this, it was, there was like pulled into, I think it was like a front yard. And as we were pulling up, I saw them like putting you guys on the ground and I was like, Oh shit. So we just kept, of course we just kept driving. And then all I remember is she got a phone call from one of you guys managed. This is, this is the age of Nokia brick phones. Flip, yeah. Flip right? phones. Yeah. My sprint PCS. Yeah. One of you guys some... managed to call her or me. I can't remember, but just had the phone open in in the, in the cop car at that point. But um, can you talk a little bit about yeah. actually like your interaction with the situation? Like what happened when, like from the time that they told you guys to stop and got in the car? Like what was yeah, it, what was that like? We were just like, yeah, we're just like, hey, I'm or, you know constantly saying, hey, we're just we're just checking this place out and all this stuff and. You know, they were yelling at us like to turn that phone off or I don't know how they saw. They probably just saw the light flashing up. And yeah, like I remember I was saying, hey, I just applied, you know, for graduate school and I just graduated from Milwaukee School of Engineering. He's like, oh, we take all kinds here. And just to put it in perspective, this was like the very beginning of David Clark, David Alexander Clark Jr., if anybody has no idea, but he was the sheriff from 2002 to 2017. You might, yeah, if that, if the name doesn't ring a bell, you see this guy with a cowboy hat and he tried to be Trump's uh, director of the ICE, but he's 
somebody I really don't like. And he had this thing called like Operation Clean Up the Streets. And they basically, the jails were filled with, you know, the most little insignificant things. I mean, somebody jaywalking had a little a dime bag of weed, you know, okay, come with me, bring him in jail, bring him in jail. Like, so they were just trying to fill up whatever they had to do their, you know, their, what do you call it? Where you, you try their to get quota. people speeding Hit their quota, their quota. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and and, let me just say like, I mean, I'll speak, obviously you can speak freely for yourself, but I'm perfectly aware of the fact that yes, we were breaking the law. There's no doubt about that. We were breaking and yep. entering, and of course. So, you know, it's not about when we. Yeah, so they were just saying that, you know, we, they were saying, you know, where we were, we are stealing property and stuff. We're like, this is a bunch of random merchandise that's like been here, you know, left behind in ruins. And like, who gives a shit about that, you know? And they're just like, it's, you know, burglary, this is a felony. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there was this whole thing where, like, shit got serious. And it was like, holy fuck, Mm -hmm. is this really happening? Mm -hmm. You know? And Yeah. Yeah. And on our side, we got the call from you guys. And uh, we might have heard one of the officers say, like, put that phone away or something. And then I think we probably just hung up or something. So um, we went back to your apartment or your loft and... We're not compromised. We got out of there scot-free. Nothing happened. And then her and I were trying to figure out what to do next. And I think we had a show the next day, a Kung Fusion show. And at that time, you're often when you were not, you couldn't be reached. I would get a phone call from your mom pretty often, (laughs) you know, and that, of course, I knew that was going to happen. Um, so I think, I don't know if it was your first phone call that you called me or maybe I just thought of it. I don't remember correctly, but I made up some story of where you were, that you were working on some senior project in the laser engraver and that you, you know, you needed, I made something up. I don't know, but I was basically covering for you so that we could figure things out. And I think you wanted us to continue playing the show or something. I don't even remember, but I remember having to cover for you the next day. Um, yeah. So th- then I got my call, right? And I called you. Yeah, you must have then. That must have been what happened. Um, but that's kind of where I tap out as far as the story goes. I mean, the reason you wanted to talk about this is because, you know, I mentioned, I even brought it into the the Boogeyman soundtrack, the or soundtrack, the, <laughs> the Boogeyman song about like checking your privilege, you know, and that's something that's really, you and I have been talking about. It's like, there's so much like back and forth about like, well, no matter, no matter the color of your skin or whatever it is, like if you're breaking the law, you should be punished. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that, but you cannot deny the vast difference in the way someone enters jail or the way that they're treated in the actual process. And that's what you saw firsthand when you were in there. And look, we're two white guys talking. We have, we know that we're not like, we're not going to solve this overnight. We're not, you know, no one should take our word for, hey, listen to these guys to, to save the world. But this is just the experience that you had and what you saw. So I, I want to hear you to kind of t- I haven't heard the full story in a long time of what you saw kind of day to day being locked up in the in the jail. But what do you remember from that part of it? 
Yeah, I can remember being in that, like we all in like isolation things where it was just like the set, the the CMU concrete blocks, you know, you, you, you couldn't see daylight. Like that was the, while they were still interrogating us and saying, oh, your friends said that you were going to steal, you know, like um, a dining room set table and stuff. And we know what you were up to and stuff. And I'm like, you know, we just went there to explore. Yeah, we went to the tourist area and we, we took some of this merchandise and yeah, whatever. And you're going to be booked for a felony and and all these things. And I just remember like they feed you these this Wonder Bread and bologna like deli cuts and it was just so disgusting because it was all just jammed in all the corners of that room so you had this wet damp thing you didn't know what time it was and like after five hours go by you're totally disoriented and you're like is it day yet did the day pass like what's what's happening oh shit they don't I think it was a Thursday night because, like, Friday I was supposed to do the radio show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we weren't there. Matthew wasn't there. Like, and, oh, my God, my job. Or, like, wait, we're supposed to play a show. Yeah, time stands uh, still, know. for sure. Yes. <clears throat> so so that that's just totally disorientating. And then after a while, then I think, like, I finally got to call mm-hmm. you. And that must have been Friday. Probably, yeah. Where, yeah. And, so, like, and you, you were talking about the... So the interrogation thing, like that's all, that's all pretty accurate from what you see in the movies. Um, is what it sounds like. As far as like they probably yeah, did they yeah. bring you into separate rooms and like question you and try and get you yeah, to turn like on each really other like and a, that whole thing. Like it exactly hanging light, metal desk, you know, people looking angry at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what did they <laughs> what did they try and pull? Like what were they, they trying to trick you into? Yeah, they, yeah they, or just to, to rat out the, the other, other guys. Okay. Yeah, and I was just like, we're there exploring. That's it, you know. Mm-hmm. We took some merchandise. Um, that's really stupid of us. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I, I was always provoking this like this idea of a white privilege because I, I, I was a wanted. I wanted to be a rapper. I w- I dressed the role like, you know, like I, I, I want. I was looking even as a a teenager in middle school, like trying to be cool, like trying to get in trouble and doing dumb things. But because I knew that there was a white pressure, I would like antagonize the police. I had these, when I was trying to grow these dreadlocks and stuff and people would pull me over and they were looking for weed and I would just kind of be oblivion and kind of like antagonize them. Like, cause they wouldn't find anything because I was as clean as a whistle. And, and that's, well, you were That's trying to expose the hypocrisy of that, like, right? Yeah. Because like, you knew, like, like just by get, you know, and yeah, small time cops. Yeah, you can't just do, judge but, us. Like, you can't. You were straight edge, and you knew it, and you weren't going to get busted but, for anything short of running a stop sign because you hadn't slept in two days. But it wasn't anything like, <laughs> you know, illegal. So. I'm still recording, so we're good. Um, yeah, you used to just like you knew you were scot free. You knew that um, you had nothing to hide. So it was like you were you were just wanting to see like the hypocrisy in action and see like how far you could push them, right? 
exactly. But once we actually got into the jail part where we were with other inmates and like heard people's stories of just a guy jaywalking and, you know, he had a dime bag and, and this and that and how people basically, you know, it's just, it's privatized prisons and people are there to, to there, no one's interested in, in, in integrating people or no one's interested in giving people a chance it seemed. And it just fe- felt like if you're of an ethnicity, you know, and you're dark skin that you have to be like a super citizen, you know, you cannot do anything wrong. And even when you don't do anything wrong, then you might be harassed or antagonized and, or even killed. And it's just like, I saw that stuff firsthand and I, it was shocking to me. And it was like, it really put my stupid small town type of mentality in check and re- respected that. And I mean, the funny thing we got out, like maybe it was on Sunday or something. So it was a couple of days and you know, that the bottom line is, is um, we paid money for an attorney that could get that, you know, burglary brought down to a trespassing thing. And then you paid some fine and it's just, it was a fine. Yeah, and that was that yeah, was shining was, a light on exactly what you saw, right? Like you felt yeah, we had did, we you almost felt guilty, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're part of that privilege, and it's and it's and it's it hurts and it's sad and, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's it sucks. I mean, so it, I, it just sucks all around because that's the other thing is like, no one also. I would not deny the fact that there are a lot of really good cops out there. There's a lot of really good, I know. But it's so true. It's so true. Like our friend Ben, like almost got killed one night and the cops saved him, you know, and there's so many good cops, but like in this scenario, there's so much, stuff that can just like be you're right like we don't have to be always on on watch and worried about what could happen like if i get pulled over like i'm not on edge like i don't you know i'll never remember that i picked up that one this guy this this homeless guy that was in river west when we were living there this willie and i took him you know drove him to a shelter and it's like we drove past somewhere on center street or, you know, center and wheel, picked him up and drive me back. And I had my, that, that red Taurus show. And it's like, at one point we drove past like a, a, a bunch of cops that were at a house. And then all of a sudden cops are jumping in their car because he was on my passenger side and they drew their guns at me, you know, and we had to get out of the car. And it was, wow. there's not a, that's not a the coincidence that because they saw you know, an African American guy on the passenger side that they chased us down and, and thought it was that a we nice were involved in a drive-by. In a neighborhood, I'm sure it was all yeah. it was all the stuff Ish. they were checking the boxes. You know. Yes, and that's that stuff is not fair at all, and it's and it's great to see people stick up, and it's it's amazing when the stuff with George Floyd, just my Mika, the ten year old, you know, like he was watching all this stuff on TikTok, and Mika and I, or Mila and I, were just talking about it and yes. And I'm, I'm excited for more things to come together. And I think everything plays a part with how we use words, how we describe people, you know, how 
we're all Americans first, and that's what we we're we're in this place. You know, I mean, I also believe in not having borders and stuff, but well, all this idea. Well, you are uh, you are a global citizen if I've ever met one. So, I mean, okay, uh, yeah. The more that more of us can have that mentality, it is such a weird thing, right? Like it, you see it when you. You see it when you cross a border in the states, just a state to state. It seems like such a ridiculous notion that I can have this foot on this border or this foot on this two feet apart, and on this side I'll get arrested for this or this is illegal, and on this side it's not. It's so weird to think about when you when you zoom out when you zoom out to the universe level, and then you start breaking it down back down to the street level of where you live in your county and your street. It's insane that we've come up with this over, you know, hundreds of years. It's just crazy. Yeah, like right now there's, you know, this county can wear a mask. That county doesn't have to. Like people from Illinois banning people from Wisconsin. Right. Because right. Well, then just there was a news story yesterday. Like Major League Baseball finally did the shortened season. And then the Miami Marlins, there was 14 players that, tested positive for covid they didn't tell anyone and then they played a team that night and then it got out so now like they're they don't know what to do basically they're all these other teams that have already played them are exposed so they canceled their games it's just like it's like domino effect right and like now for the first time ever there are teams in major league baseball that are signing documents saying we are not going to play this team for the rest of the season based on health it's just such a weird time you never thought you would see that you know but not that major league baseball has as much weight as some of these other topics at all it's just you know an antidote to see how ridiculous state lines are and just like lines in general it's so goofy to me um yeah in I think it puts everyone on edge too. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I get so bogged down about this shit. Cause I don't know what to do. What, what, what do I do that can help or how to, how to help or how to be proactive and stuff. And, you know, it's just such a bummer, but <clears throat> yeah, that's one, one thing that we're doing at spirit of space or we, we heard a podcast with uh, Gary V and he interviewed, this woman, Kathy, that's part of the Boys and Girls Club in Milwaukee, and they were talking about how they were going to make some of their their facilities like polling stations and stuff. So we're, I mean, we're talking, I don't know exactly when we're going to film, maybe next week, but to kind of help and show that because that's important just to to make people be accessible and stuff for voting or you just need to do little things and just you basically you just need empathy and you need to have you know you do one person puts a sign black lives matter someone goes rips it out and then puts up another sign this is back the badge it's not that simple no it's not that polarizing it's like all that stuff i i i have empathy every time i drive past when I come back and visit and see people that say I back the badge, I try to like really talk to them, manifest or manifest what, what they're about Mm -hmm. and why they put that sign there and why they probably never had contact and why they can't, they think it's absurd. Black lives matter because to them it's like they're watching news and all that bad stuff happens in the city, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the same science experiment that happens when you have someone that is, 
super religious and they they don't agree with gay people or they hate that lifestyle until it's someone in their family or they actually know someone that's close with them and they experience real emotions and then you see that thing flip in their head it's and that's exactly what you just described that that is pure empathy you know and people some people were not raised with empathy or they were they were afraid of it for whatever reason you know um I think the best example I've ever heard of that, it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I know I've mentioned him before, but he had this guy on that was a, a blues singer, um, African-American blues singer from the South that played this one show. And there happened to be, um, it, it was deep in the South. And after the show, this guy came up to him and said, hey, you're really good. I never thought a black guy could play like that. And he, and he started talking to him at the bar and he, he realized that this guy was from the KKK and he had an actual conversation with the guy at the bar. And then the guy ended up coming back to see him play like for weeks at a time. And they developed a relationship and he eventually gave this guy, the blues singer, his um, uh, KKK garb, his hood, gave it to him, said, I'm done with this after talking with you and, and having this connection and understanding who you are as a person, I know that now I understand, you know what I mean? It's so that I was like, that blew me away, but that's exactly what you're talking about. Like you can't really train empathy unless you were raised with it the same way that if you were raised without it, you have to be taught how to use it. I think. Yeah. That's, that's how we can do and that's that's why it's cool. Like even with my boys and stuff, I'll just be like, well, if you guys have your boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, you know, my parents probably never said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I agree. I, However, you and I were both, and again, check our privilege. We were both raised in a very loving um, household. While your dad, your dad could be a little bit of a curmudgeon and rough around the edges, you you were you were allowed to speak your mind and have emotion though. There's a lot of families that were not at all, you know what I mean? And don't know how to have empathy and, and be accepting. I mean, I, I, some of the stuff I see or the hatred I see, it just doesn't even register because I don't understand it. It's so foreign to me. I can't understand it at all. You know, I got to sit down Let's get, we're, get, we're getting so heavy you have to let that that weight sit down <laughs> uh, no but that's a beautiful story man I, I i think you know it's it was definitely a dumb move if kids mika milan mckenna never do that ever in your life please i don't want to be bailing you out of jail but, uh use the do as i do as i say not as i do line but in the end of it 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 was an it was an experience that I'll never forget. I mean, and it was uh, of all the of all the bad things that could have happened in my life, it wasn't that bad. I mean, but I think the takeaway too is that you guys got off so easily, and there were so many other people in that jail that night and that weekend that yeah, they don't have that they don't have that privilege. They don't they, have that privilege. They, they don't can't have the pay second to chance. pay to get a go free, get out of jail. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful. I, I took those orange pants with me when we, we had to go into these stalls after we got, and we could get our clothes back. 
you know, and then you got out of the orange jumpsuits and I was just like, man, I'm going to remember this forever. And I'm, and I took off my clothes and then I just kept the bottom of the pants like to wear as pajama pants. Mm -hmm. But I still have those and think about like, man, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to be where I can be and to have a family and to not have to be in jail because that's a, it's a trap. Absolutely. My, my, um, relic from that night, I still have the pewter paps belt buckle that I picked up on the ground. So I think, (laughs) I think the statute of limitations is over by now. No one's going to come and arrest me after this podcast, but shush. (laughs) It's nice and tarnished. It's back. It's a back of a drawer somewhere. I don't think I've worn it in years. It's not cool to wear big belt buckles again anymore. You need to. <laughs> you need to bring it back, Mike. <laughs> with with boots, boots and <laughs> Jenko jeans. Yep, boots, just boots. <clears throat> <laughs> oh man, there's so much that we could write about based on this story and just based on this conversation. I'm excited to do it. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I think this was Yeah, no, I, this I, is awesome. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Do you want to um we do you want to listen to an idea that I have for a song? Um there's no vocals on it, but it's something I've been working on over the last week or so. Do you want to see if maybe this will be maybe this will end up being the song so, for for this story for the paps? Do you want to do you want to listen to it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 see it. Yeah, so I was working on this over the last um, week or so, just like a bass line, the key line, and some beats um, so far. So let me let me know what you think. Let's take a listen to this. beautiful that it's just like the that these long progressions of like the stars in the night i could feel like a security guard you know sticking a stick and like a, a chain fence and going like that gorilla. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's hot man that's, that's awesome fat. i'm glad you like it <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah that's cool you it's cool or, or, or even already i can feel kind of like where the beat's gonna just snap out so whatever yeah yeah for sure and like that double time that double time hi-hat too that you know i think like playing with some different speeds and syncopation of your flow would be fun you know like doing like a um like a faster one over the top of that because it's almost like halftime where you're rapping in double time 
I mean, yeah, basically like being at the taps is not that yeah. it, it's. Yeah, you just got to set like, the stage like, and then yeah, get yeah. out of there. Or, you know, kind of like what happened that night. Mm-hmm. I c- what could be really cool is that I just thought of something. The flow that you were doing at the beginning was real like, right? So, like, if you think about, like, the way we were getting to the Pap Theater was yeah, very yeah, slow yeah. and, like, anticipation. Shh. And then doing like us exiting the building basically is when you speed up your rap basically over the top of it. You know what I'm saying? Like to almost yeah. mimic the progression of like the emotion and the heart and the, the, our heartbeats raising, like our heart rate going up as the song progresses, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that this is cool to dissect these parts. Yeah, that, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, because I almost I um, like the flow. Almost like you're watching yourself. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're like a play by play. You, yep. Now rounding third, Michael <laughs> Marionic. Didn't <clears throat> yeah, we could tie that in too. With um, yeah, with the Brewers, I think the, it's, the the the, yeah, base, it, the baseball aspect, that was right around the time you're working at, at the stadium. Kind of st- yeah. yeah, taking in people's orders, all the people sitting behind, in the home plate section. It is kind of hilarious that that was your, your first your first and only real like quote unquote real job <laughs> was working at a baseball stadium. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah no that i can i can remember you know i remember russ kinesic saying mike the reason your dad's pissed at you is because you're a loser and you don't have a job like <laughs> get a fucking job and then we i read looked in the newspaper and i found this and it just said like wait staff you know no experience required and yeah, that was that was amazing. Got lots of um, waffle cut fries <laughs> and chicken tenders and, and good tips and people were in a good mood. You know, the hardest part was just trying to cut people off, you know, when they are drinking too much. Yeah. But secretly you really liked the tips you were getting, but you had to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all had stupid pointless job, not pointless, but yours we all, all the rest of us had jobs that we it's just thought we were supposed you to have. at culver's yeah well i was at culver's fast food and then i was at roundies which was no better which that was like the worst of the worst too filling warehouse pallets for grocery stores in the in the thick think of thick all of the summer. plastic the all the plastic you put into the ocean <laughs> wrapping up all these yeah. canned roundies beans <clears throat> and stuff let's talk about all beans. let's talk about all the urine i've put into the ocean should we talk about that <laughs> Instead, <laughs> <laughs> you got to make that wetsuit warm once in a while. <clears throat> oh, no, but I remember, I remember, like yeah. Russ had that job at Sequest Plastics, so he made more plastic. He was working at Sequest. That's true. And then all these. Glenn was working at the foundry. We all had like Grady Foundries, really working class jobs. Except for Wait, you. What was Gary doing? Gary Gary was at UWM Gary, food service. Gary catering. was telling all the ladies about his diesel shoes, is what Gary was doing. <laughs> 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 I was I was just talking about <clears throat> the the show in Springfield, Illinois, because um when we were at that when we were at hotel. the hotel. Yeah, I told the I just told the story recently 
to two different people. Once when we were in Seattle with the Bowers and oh, for 4th of July. Um, and cause Jen was talking about Springfield cause her brother's living in Springfield and they were saying like, it's such a weird town. And I was like, yeah, totally weird town. We played the show in Springfield, New Illinois. New Year's Eve show in, at the, at a hotel or a Hyatt. At the top like, of a, yeah. Was it a Hyatt or a Hilton? One of the two, but it was at the really? very top of the hotel, like a 360 degree view. Wasn't it like a, in the restaurant, yeah. I think. Yep. And that was the most money we ever got paid for a show. It was like four, four or $5,000. I think it was a lot of money And like, cause I remember <laughs> getting the call. I think we booked it through Ethan maybe. And yeah. he, he couldn't play it or something like that. So he gave it to us and we, they needed us to play for four hours. Wait, was this a Y2K show? No, no, no. No, that was no, not, yeah. it wasn't. That that we played a Y2K show, but that was in, at Judges in Milwaukee. <laughs> Remember? Um, yeah. And no, no, no. The the Hilton show at the top of that restaurant, though. Um, yeah, we they needed us to play for four hours, and we did not have four hours of material. That was like pretty early in the band i think maybe not but we still didn't have four hours and but that's when we learned that ugly duckling cover we were we learned a ton of covers and then so that got us to like two hours and i think we just like jammed and you freestyled for a good hour and a half and no one <laughs> knew the difference we just kept going we might have even replayed some songs but we didn't care we were going to get that four thousand we want that cash yeah but there was a bachelorette party there that night and oh, yeah. they were <clears throat> by the end of the night, Gary had taken his shirt off while he was playing and the girls were like grinding up on him. And I was telling my parents the story and my mom was like, Gary was like a big player. And I was like, he thought he was, <laughs> he would always talk about it. He would always come to practice and be showing Mike and I his, his new, new shoes, his new diesel shirt or shoes or something stupid. <laughs> like He would never shut up about it. <laughs> hey Mike, what do you think about these diesel shoes? Yeah, no, but he, he he knew that it was yeah that was the gag, the sort of Puerto Rican, <sighs> sort of Rican. <laughs> oh man, that felt good. I'm glad we did all that. Final song of what comes out of this. Um, maybe we should call it Blue Ribbon or something. In the honor of the past, yeah, yeah, I that's, don't know, something like actually, that. Actually, I like, yeah, no, I like Blue Ribbon. Like, that almost sounds like, the, you know, the cliche, like the red thread through it. You know, that, that like, there's a blue ribbon, like a fine line. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds better than some white privilege thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Adam, yep. it's nice. It's really late. I'm going to let you go. Yeah, what man. What time is it now? 3.38. 3.38 a.m. It's 6. p.m. here. I got to go let the dog out and feed the dog and see if I can get in. Who let the dogs out? Who? Who? (sighs) How dare you, sir? I'm going to go see if I can get a surf in before the sun goes down here for my birthday. Birthday surf. All right. Yeah. It's it's happy birthday, man. It's nice talking to you. Yeah, man. This felt good. I'll talk to you later. Peace and love. Later. Bye. Bye. Here's the pitch. A curveball! the deep
night, rusted out Chevy van. Keep the flashlight low. Building up suspense. Here the keys jingle like a chain link fence. Then blue light, red light, flashing intense. Urban exploration is not a defense. Let's just make all mistakes. Who cares? Appreciate. Stupid decision. We're making a living. Let's just make all mistakes. Who cares? Appreciate. Stupid decision. We're for forgotten merchandise adding up to a felony carry around for life I want a college degree and a beautiful wife that's beautiful man the life's all live and it builds up mistakes aren't mistakes we add them up cause we wanna realign and take time and this life is everything is all we don't need a plan pull up late night rusted out Chevy van hey, Mike, I believe you yeah well I don't believe you I don't believe you at all I think you're fine naivety you stick thick Two, two outs, four, four, ninth inning. Now you get to your stick.